The reasons to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NBC Network Television Premiere. Ten years ago, Halloween, evil had a shape. Terror had a night. And now, he's back. Six bodies, Sherry, that's what I've seen. Michael Myers is here in this town. Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. He's come home to kill. Halloween 4, rated R, starts Friday, October 21st at theaters everywhere. Welcome back to Rabbit in Red Radio. I am John Spooky Rhodes, and with me, as always, is the man behind the mask, Michael J. Mike, I'm doing my Halloween 4 intro. We are now four days deep into this. How are you feeling? I feel like fall. <laughs> the leaves are on the trees, and you see that windmill where it's like feet, 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 feet. Donald Pleasant's in. See, <clears throat> now, see, right off the bat, I I have to interject this. Now, interject. Okay. When Halloween Four was being released, now this is something we talked about off air, with not wanting to know about films in advance. And you feel that knowing about films in advance kind of, you know, hampers your enjoyment of the film. Absolutely. Um, Okay, well, now, Halloween 4 was my first film that I saw theatrically. I was... First um, period or first Halloween film? The first Halloween 4... No, that's... No. (laughs) The first Halloween 4 I saw in theaters was Halloween 4. (laughs) I I meant the the first Halloween film that I saw in theaters was the fourth one. Okay. Um, and the thing is, I was, um, oh God, I had just turned, um, nine years old about a month, uh, prior to that. Now, keep in mind, it was a Sunday night. I was so watching. you were right around the same age as Jamie in this. Right, well, me and, um, yes, yeah, she's actually, uh, yeah. 
well, in real life, uh, she's like two years older than me. So yeah, but her character is supposed to be eight in this. So yeah, so actually, I'm older than her character then. So just a little bit, just a little bit, right? <laughs> but um, so anyway, it was um, a Sunday night in September. Um, I was watching. I wasn't home at the time. We had recorded um, the series premiere of Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> um, because I had wanted to see it and I was all hyped up I'm like oh they're making a series about Freddy because obviously Friday the 13th the series had come out you know a year prior to that and I remember being very disappointed because Jason was not in it so I was like mm, this is mm. but I'm like okay Freddy's Nightmares is going to have Freddy in it so I have to make it a point to watch it so we recorded it. Um, I came home that Sunday and, uh, you know, put the tape in, hit play, and I'm watching it. And at the commercial break, of course, I go to fast forward through the commercial. But um, I see what looks like a Michael Myers mask on the screen. So I stop. Rewind. And I <laughs> rewind and I hit play. And I see a TV spot for Halloween 4 that is to be released um, just maybe a little more than a month or either a little less than a month or a little more than a month later on October 21st 1988 and that was the first that I've heard that I had heard of that film I didn't even know that it was going to be made I just saw that TV spot and I was like wow it was magical wasn't it yeah, and I don't even at that point I don't even think I realized that that Loomis was in it, um, because I was like I was like wow I'm like they're doing this but Loomis probably won't be in it because he died at the end of two he was blown up in the fire in the hospital so I'm like but this is really interesting and of course you see the Myers mask in it and I wasn't prepared for that so I screamed and got scared, um, <laughs> you know but that was my first. Uh, experience and then I went to see it um on October 21st 1988 with my mother and my cousin and I spent a great deal of time looking into my popcorn bucket instead of at the screen and uh I still remember the part when uh you know the scene in the garage with the mechanic and I was looking down into the popcorn bucket because I knew that that Michael was going to come and kill and I did not want to see that and uh, all of a sudden my cousin my hair was longer then so my cousin grabbed me by my hair and pulled my head up and held my head up right as Myers killed the mechanic and you saw the bandages and I screamed in that fucking theater then <laughs> that's actually a really awesome story and and I still every time even to this day, if I catch myself watching that scene, and I have tried a few times to to watch it to see if I can get through it, and if I do choose to watch it, I will scream. It's funny the things that still bother you. <laughs> and I still can't look at the part where he sits up on the side of the bed with the lightning strikes. Oh, yeah, right there in the beginning. I can't do that either. 
How about um, when she rips the door open and he's standing right there and I pulls the knife it's, up? It's all part of. I can't watch any of that. <laughs> I still can't watch any of that to this day. And even the scene, the scene where she walks by the the mirrors and the lightning flashes and he's in the mirrors like that. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw that, because I didn't know it was coming, I almost pissed my pants. <laughs> uh, well, since we kind of already dived into our experiences with this one prior to this, uh, this is—I have to say—this is one that I've probably seen the most. Now it's between this one and part one as to which one I've seen more, and honestly, I can't tell you because. As I've previously said, I, I was more in the the Jason Voorhees camp, and it, it felt almost sacrilegious to kind of cross lines and go into anime territory and watch it. Um, but when I was in, oh god, probably ninth grade, I had a friend that was all about Halloween, mm-hmm. and I want to say this is the one that he lent me and really just kind of pushed it on me and. This one really hooked me because it was different than part one and part two. It was more in line with what I was a fan of, of, you know, Friday the 13th. And it it was just more that 80s fun slasher. And I've I've fucking loved that experience. And I've kind of loved this film for ever since, in all honesty. And, uh... We're just going to have to see how much of that really holds up and how much is nostalgia. But uh, mm. For you, it's yeah. going to be all nostalgia. I know how you work. <laughs> well, um, Mike, if you're ready, uh, I say that we stop delaying and get right into this. Right. Well, you know, they um, – I mean, well – the opening Hold of the, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm Michael J. That's so. right. You need to... We're here. Synopsis. Synopsis. Yeah, the synopsis. Synopsis, yes. Yeah. So, this is Halloween 4. Yes. The Return of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. 1988. Yes. This is directed by Dwight Little. Dwight H. Little. It stars Donald Pleasance. Mm-hmm. Danielle Harris. Yes. And Ellie Cornell. Correct. Oh, yeah, I suppose we'd like a actual synopsis to go along with that. Uh, Sorry, I was just a little excited. All right. <clears throat> it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years after his original massacre. <laughs> oh, man. I guess I should have read this beforehand. <laughs> Ten years before his original massacre, the invalid Michael Myers. <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah. The invalid Michael Myers awakens on Halloween Eve and returns to Haddonfield to kill his seven-year-old niece. No, it's eight-year-old niece. His eight-year-old niece. Can Doctor Loomis stop him? Uh, yeah, I don't know who wrote that synopsis, but whoever did. Wow. Here. That that is pretty bad. Here, let me let me try again. Let me see if I can just rip this off the top of my head. <clears throat> Ten years after his original massacre, Michael Myers returns to Haddonfield. 
will his eight-year-old niece be able to survive the terror? Can Donald Pleasance, as Dr. Loomis, finally put an end to Michael? Will Haddonfield ever be the same again? Wow. Bravo. 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 That's a synopsis. Yeah, that's better. And you actually read it with conviction. Or actually, you know, you recited it with conviction. And uh, I was going to say, yeah, I didn't, there was no reading involved there. I just kind of made that up. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you um, kind of made me want to go to the theater and see it again. Yeah, yeah. It was less of a synopsis and more like a, a theater or a, a trailer tagline, you know? Well, yeah. There, well, there is the the thing in the trailer where it's like, "The night he returns." Well, no, they never said that, but still, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, they never said that, but still. Yeah, they I they completely lost me when they they fucked up her age because she is eight. Yes. No, she definitely is. All right, so Mike. Get us started with this classic. Yes, classic is the right term. Um, I mean, I guess I was a little thrown, you know, when I first saw it, by the open. Because no I pumpkin. Was, yeah, I was expecting <laughs> to see a pumpkin open. And the fact that they didn't do that kind of threw me because I had always liked that pumpkin thing. I thought that that was, you know, just... Well, at this point, it was kind of established. I mean, all three films opened with, uh, in one form or another, a jack-o'-lantern being right. carved. Right. So that's the that's the whole thing, and that's why I really, you know, I enjoyed that. And when you didn't get this, you just get the, you know, the fall scenery... Um, so to speak, it's just, it's, it's not the same. I mean, it creates a nice, like, tone. It sets a nice, you know, vibe and all that stuff for the film, but I think a pumpkin opening would have been better. Um, yes and no, because it is pretty much, you know, a key piece of Halloween. I mean, to take you back to when I was probably like 12 and writing all kinds of fan scripts, um... I wrote one for uh, oh, Michael versus Jason. Oh, God, of course you did. And literally my opening involved the jack-o'-lantern because that's classic. Right. That that, that just has to be. Right. And in fact, I thought I, I, I was kind of clever because, you know, you, you opened up blackness and it slowly got oranger and the color came in and then we realized we were inside the jack lantern and we pull out and it's just floating on a lake you pull out of the jack lantern yeah it's, it's yes. a good steady pull out even at the age of 12 I, right. I knew your pull out game has to be strong oh of course so we pull out it's just floating on the lake and all of a sudden Jason jumps up stabbing it with his machete and pulling it in under wow that yeah <laughs> wow! But no, this one does set a very nice tone. Um, I, I kind of I like it because right off the bat, it just screams 
fall. It just screams October. It just screams Halloween season, you know? And I like that. I, I do agree that, you know, it would have been maybe just toss in some jack-o'-lanterns, not necessarily have to see it carved or whatnot, but just some setting around. But I still like this opening. Well, you had that I, later still in really, the film. Right, right. I still really enjoy this opening. It, it, it is different, though. It feels a little off, and I, I freely give you that. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it, too, but like I said, it just... Eh. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely right. different, yeah. Yeah. So then after that, with the, uh, you know, going into the, you know, hospital, like, I didn't know what to expect. And he's in there, and he's all bandaged up. I did not, again, like to see that. Which, which I, I have to just interject right here. Yes. Because uh, uh, watching it just the other night, actually last night, what the yeah. fuck am I saying just the other night? Watching it last night, I was actually kind of surprised at how authentic this was because now i am in the state psychiatric system yeah and uh granted they're not called sanitariums anymore but um they're going to a a very secluded one a very you know heavily guarded one this this is what we in pennsylvania call a forensics unit and yeah this is absolutely where michael myers would be he would be in a forensics unit just like this, I was really surprised at, you know, the the detail that they went to with that, so. Well, see, but, okay, here's the question, though. If that's where he belongs, so to speak, then why transfer mm-hmm. Why transfer him out? Uh, once again, it, it would be 100% authentic because uh, they're saying it's been 10 years uh, yeah, they wouldn't keep him there anymore, especially if he's, he is, as our synopsis said, an invalid. Mm-hmm. If he's just pretty much bed-bound, right. they would have honestly probably transferred him beforehand. But, you know, politics, him being the monster, the boogeyman, um, probably the, he was made a huge boogeyman, especially in the 80s. Uh, yeah, they would have probably kept him there a while, but once people kind of forgot about him and whatnot... Um, they would move him to a less secure one because he's not an issue. He He's not showing any reason to be there. And they're not going to waste the money to have him just lay in a bed there when they could have some guy that murdered his wife and kid or whatever there. Ah. So he's he's just taking up space in their, their infirmary, their hospital room, instead of, you know, being a normal patient. So they would move him and not waste the money. they just dump him in some you know, mild security hospital and let them rot. Right. Now, do you feel that... Now, okay, question. Now, you would know this. Um, so, at the end of <laughs> Halloween 2, after the fire, right, would you say that they took him to the hospital right. first? Or would you say that he went right there? What, to that hospital? Yes. Uh, I would assume they took him to a different hospital because they blew up one of the operating rooms and they'd most likely have to shut down everything at that hospital just to make sure that it was safe and there wasn't right. going to be any no, further no, explosions. No, no, no. no, what I meant was, I'm sorry. I'm oh, did they take him straight to that Straight place? to that place? Or did no, they he would have went to a hospital. Okay, and then they would have bandaged him he, up there and such. Yeah, in all honesty, yes. I mean... Just a little bit of knowledge from the To Helen back documentary about Kane Hodder. He would have probably spent at least the first year or two 
in a, a burn unit. Really? Yeah. Even though he's not basically probably he's... probably up to a year, not two, because Kane had a a bad doctor. But yeah, probably about a year, because that was a total body burn. So, right, and he probably had like uh, over ninety percent of his body. I'm sure. Probably so. Yeah, we're we're gonna say a good portion of a year up to a year he was he was in a, a burn unit and then was probably shipped felt you know he was healthy enough to be shipped off to the forensics hospital ah so that's how that works yeah i was yeah. just wondering because you know you know that somebody had to do the job of like bandaging him up after that yep. and you know actually seeing his face after the fire oh i thought you were going to talk about his burned up little dick well i mean obviously we know that that's burned up um look like a fucking hot dog you left in the fire too long well, i don't know i wonder what it looked like and that'd did be it, my bet did it still function <sighs> probably not so he probably couldn't even urinate from it oh no that would probably still work i don't know we'll we'll have to get into that and uh, uh another part of our retrospective yeah, it feels like something we'll have to talk about in part six. Ah, yes, <laughs> but true. With this, I do like this opening. Um, I like this guard. I mean, it feels very eighties kind of. He's there to just give us all the backstory, but I still like it. I like this, and this part is, I don't know, it's it's kind of felt iconic. It's stuck with me for a long time. It's kind of like Halloween in thirty seconds, kind of catching you up to what yeah, everything kind of. was. Yeah. And and see, I feel because I, I believe Jamie Lee Curtis was initially a- approached to do this film and she had turned it down. Well, this was at the time when she had stopped doing all horror films and was really getting her career off the ground too. Right. So but still, you know, I think that she could have, you know, paid a debt back then. I mean, well, let's face facts, Mike. Um, Her career was really taken off at this point. And the last Halloween film fucking bombed. Right. But you figure Michael Myers Over a decade just to get this. Yeah. Her confidence was most likely not there. Every agent, everyone she had was probably telling her to stay as far away from it as she fucking could. And after Halloween 3... I can't say I would be eager to sign on either. Oh, I would. Dude, if I heard Donald Pleasance was in it, I'd be like, sign me up. Well, all they had to do was, you know, put a bottle of gin in a fucking contract and he signed. Whatever. Perfect. (laughs) Which we'll talk about that a little bit more in this one. But yeah, I really like this opening. Yeah. And uh, straight from that, we, we jump and get to meet uh, little Jamie, which that's a nice nod to you know the origins here. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie, and um, uh, right off the bat, she's talking, and we we get the understanding that she is adopted, and that her mother had died in a car accident eleven months prior. Both of her parents actually died right. in a car accident eleven right. months prior. 
So we are led to believe that Jamie Lee Curtis and probably Jimmy died in a car wreck. Yes. And this is their child. I wonder if uh, he was concussed, you know, when he was driving the car and maybe the symptoms of the concussion from 1981 kind of like triggered a brain aneurysm and he had, you know, died. So then that caused the car to crash and she died. Well, it didn't actually happen. They faked it, Mike. Well, yeah, we well, see, but that's the thing. Jimmy could have died for real. That's true. And that's true. She very well could have survived. Been like, oh, I'll leave your bloody concussed dead corpse in the driver's seat and I'll just escape and become the headmistress of a prestigious uh, Northern California uh, preparatory school. <laughs> school. Well, it's probably the best thing she could have done is to get away from Jimmy because fuck yeah. Jimmy. I'm still sticking with that. Oh, uh, we're, 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 we're going to make it out of here. We're, 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 we're. Uh, it's mm. no wonder he has no acting career. <laughs> All right. So also with this, I think we kind of get our first hints. And it's never even outright said in this one, but I think we really get our first hints that – Jamie has a connection to Michael because outside the house she sees the ambulance true and I think now see point me because I, I realized this not the last time I watched it but the time before that or maybe you know my brain just put this in there like you know because it was just me thinking or it was in my mind that she saw him leave the ambulance with the bandages on his face. No, not there. It's just the ambulance with the back doors open. Okay, so he never walked out of there with the bandages on. And I believe that was just from... I believe it was kind of an accident that that was there, but they just kind of left it. And So you're either left trying to figure out why the fuck that's there, or you just kind of have to go with your already existing knowledge of the franchise that she has a connection to Michael. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that that's, you know... So then, I wonder if she saw him, like, laying in the hospital for the past nine or so years. Uh, I would bet no. I would bet the connection really kind of kicked off that night because he... he comes back to life. You know, he... You know, his consciousness kicks back in, you know? Well, and I don't... I think he finally... Yeah, and he regained consciousness in that ambulance when he fucking, you know, killed that fucking guy with the fucking thumb to the fucking forehead. <laughs> Which is a little ridiculous. Uh, in all honesty, I, I could have gone with just his head cracking open. Mm. But it doesn't bother me. I, I do like the, the you know, the the two paramedics are just talking in the back about, oh, he's just a ward of a state. Yeah, his niece is only eight years old. She can't take care of him, blah, blah, blah. And then you just see the hand white knuckle the fucking sheet. Yeah. And he just bashes that guy's head in and shoves his thumb through his head. And then we get the cut. And I like it. I wonder if there was anything extended shot with that. See, I'm kind of glad that they chose not to do a an angle from the paramedics' eyes looking at him in the bandages. Um, or if they did do that angle, I'm kind of glad they cut it because I would not be able to take it. 
I, w- I would have done... I, I could have done with a little bit more of that scene, but, you know, it, it doesn't It doesn't matter. It's fine with what we get. Um, the, let's not forget Jamie has the nightmare that Mike mentioned earlier where... Yeah, I can't you know, do that. She goes back to her bedroom and pulls out her, you know, little shoebox of her keepsakes or, you know, promotional yeah. Yeah, picture nice, of her nice, mom nice from part pub- one. Yeah, nice publicity still. <laughs> um. And then a, a picture that you don't really get a good look at of a guy and her, which is probably actually her real father. <laughs> Could have been. Um, and then, you know, she goes to bed, or goes to her bed. Mm-hmm. Michael grabs her, and uh, she starts screaming. Michael sets up. We get the whole thing where, you know, it's the boogeyman. We get these great shots of Michael setting up, the lightning flashing. She goes to leave, and Michael's at the door. Um Great imagery. Really love it. Uh, and a lot of people say this makes no fucking sense. How would she know? Let's face facts. Her her mom was, you know, Lori Strode. <sighs> Probably not the best person to be a parent. Let's face facts. She probably hammered into this child's head about her uncle and the evil of Halloween. Yeah, she... Well... Mm... Because well, it seems like she got the the thing from the fucking kids at school because the kids at school are right. So well, you would, no, no, no. You know. Well, a- everyone in that town knows about it. But joking aside about Lori being a horrible parent, he's the town's boogeyman at this point. I mean, after Halloween two, his you know murder count was up to what like twelve, fifteen, something like that I, after one and two. Yeah, I think. So, he was the town's boogeyman at that point. It was in the consciousness of the town. Right. So, of course she knew about it. If she was raised in that area, of course she knew about him. Uh, it it would have been everywhere. It would have been inescapable for her as a child. So, of course she knew what he looked like. Granted, would she know exactly what he looks like? No, but don't be so fucking nitpicky. And... Right here is where I have to kind of say there's two ways to watch this film. Mm-hmm. And I'll even admit I was a little harsh on Halloween 2 and 3 because I followed them in such close succession to part 1. I just pretty much marathoned them. Right. And part 1 for it's a masterpiece. All right, let's let's leave it at that. It was a 5 out of 5 for me. I don't think I've ever given that rating before on this. Um it's a masterpiece. And, I mean, two's still good. It's just missing Carpenter. And, and to really judge these films against that, it's kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time with four, they're not even going for that. They're right. just going for a good, fun, popcorn flick slasher. So you can either sit there and expect the quality of part one and be nitpicking it, or you can just kind of go with it and set back in and have fun. And that's really the, how you got to look at this film is you're either going to shut your brain off and shovel some popcorn into your mouth and just have some fun, or you're going to have some issues with it and just about everything that follows. So, well, how did you watch it? Um, I have to admit, I I've actually watched it, uh, twice for this. Okay. Because, uh, I, I, 
this this has not been an issue this this uh, retrospective that we've been doing i mean with death wish by the time we were into the third one i was regretting it right and i was amped man i, I watched this and uh i just wanted to refresh it so i watched it again and the very first time it was so close to the first one still because i i literally just marathoned through the first four right just to get and them done well, it wasn't even that. I was enjoying them. Well, most of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was so close to the first one that I, I was starting to nitpick and I was starting to see things with it. But the second time I watched it, uh, last night actually, I just kind of went with it and watched it for what it was. And I I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, did it really change my rating? No. But we'll get into that. Uh, did you appreciate the return of Loomis? Uh, I think with the series you have to. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what comes next is Loomis comes into the hospital and discovers that they moved Michael without his permission right. or his knowledge even. And, you know, he gets some great monologue scenes. I think this is a, a good film for Donald. Um, I, I even like how he's burned and he's using that you know i have to see this in the mirror you know you you can probably quote him so much better but i I like all that and of course they get the news that the ambulance crashed they go and of course donald knows right off the bat seeing that it's just an utter bloodbath yeah he knows what happened yeah he he's fucking on to this i'm going to haddonfield everyone else is just you know blowing it off well that this is crazy he could have been f- fucking just thrown from the crash which is all logical but this is michael myers right so right so you have it's not to, that yeah you have to like you know you can't give it the benefit of the doubt you have to know that you know you're dealing right. with something more than just a human being here and that he is you know pure right. evil and so we go donald stops to get gas and somehow, yes. he's now caught up to Michael because Michael's on foot from the crash. Mm-hmm. You know, he kills a mechanic. Scary. He gets his infamous jumpsuit again. Scary. Uh, he kills everyone in the diner, which I'm assuming is just pretty much the cook and the waitress. Right. Um, oh, and that's something else with that. Now, in the diner, when Loomis sees him and has the monologue where it's like you've waited ten years, blah 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 blah. Now that's really him standing there, right? In the jumpsuit with the bandages yeah. on. Okay, was he really standing there at that time? Yeah, yeah. I, I fully take it as yes, and then he just kind of moved out of the way. Now, see, I'm surprised that he wouldn't the, wh- try to attack Loomis. Um. Well, that that's kind of the thing with him is he's not really after Loomis. He he's focused now, right? And but I Loomis mean, he was in, in, in part getting, two as well. But Loomis, in a sense, is getting in his way. So you would think that he would want to take him out of the equation. But we don't really know the full extent of their relationship. So maybe Michael just doesn't want to kill him. He's maybe. pretty much the only family that Michael actually knows anymore. So you're saying that there's familial ties 
at least in to Michael's mind. That, to a degree. Yeah. So, um, Michael escapes, the gas station explodes, which, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And I, I like how, you know, the explosion takes out the phone lines. Mm-hmm. I like it. It makes sense. Yeah, you running over a fucking gas pump could cause an explosion. Yeah. And then we get, uh, from here, one of the few scenes where Donald Pleasance actually smiles and is happy. Oh. The scene where he has a bottle of booze, Michael. Well, before that, remember when he was <laughs> running in the dirt and the fucking assholes in that fucking convertible? I want to fucking strangle them all. Yeah, but then he come wouldn't have got the bottle of booze on. if he got in the car with them. Well, you see, you, he's been through hell already, so he needs his, you know, his his relaxation, his peace time, and that's what this is. <laughs> that's exactly what this is. So, kudos and, to you, Donald. You deserve it. I like how his burns have now changed in the film. I don't even notice that they've changed, but I guess I could see that you're saying that. Um, I, I really only noticed it because of other people critiquing that. So I knew to look for it, and it's quite obvious if you actually look at the burns. Mm. And uh, according to the special features, the special effects artist had designed the one that uh, was large and looked like his cheek had bubbled at one point and was kind of like a round indent where yes. the burn was. And then it later goes to a more you know generic-looking burn because while watching dailies... Uh, Donald with his then girlfriend were a little drunk and mm. she made fun of him for having an egg on his face and he then demanded that the makeup be changed because Did he wasn't really going happen? to wear it. I don't an remember egg. that. And the special features, that's what's And said. I've watched the special features. I don't even remember that. Wow. But yeah, so drunk Donald demanded that that change and they just they didn't have the opportunity probably or money to really go back and reshoot so eh. continuity issues due to Donald Pleasance yeah but you know what you gotta give it to him at this point he's the flagship for the franchise so he kind of is I mean it's kind of becoming the Dr. Loomis show at this point right and I I, I couldn't be happier so uh, from here we get some family bullshit and yes. then uh, they decide that they're gonna take Jamie to go get a Halloween costume after you know it was a whole big debate as to if they were going to go to Discount Mart or the Dairy Queen. Yeah, well, that all happened. Which, and then you get the which, whole Myers thing. and yeah. Mike, I, I have to tell you right now, because I said I was going to help you with the subtext, eh, the subtext of film. Yes. The subtext of this one yeah. is uh, ice cream. Is getting Lori ice cream. You mean or Jamie, Jamie ice, ice cream. cream. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <sighs> so, that's the subtext of this one. Because that's I'm bringing up... Three or four fucking times, and they never get that bitch ice cream. Yeah, she never. You know what? And that's probably why she, you know, fast forward ends up, you know, going crazy. And, oh yeah, I'd stab she, a bitch too if they kept fucking telling me they're giving me ice her cream. Fucking ice cream. <laughs> She's like, but you yeah. know what? If I can't have ice cream, I'll have your fucking blood, bitch. <laughs> she uh, she goes to Discount Mart. She picks out a clown costume that's absolutely perfect. Yes. And we then get the vision of uh, young Michael Myers. Uh, this is another scene that I cannot watch. The baby? Watching little kid Michael? And then when the regular Michael appears, I can't watch that. 
I I do like this because a the kid does kind of look like the kid in and the original, right? Well, but them, I believe. he also kind of looks like the kid in Part Six. Danny Strode, you mean? Yeah, Devin Gardner. Yeah, kind of looks like him. Yeah, but yeah, he, I do have a question for you, Michael, because she's kind of having this weird flashback, and then bumps into Michael as he's stealing his mask. Yes. Why didn't Michael just take her out then? You know, I was wondering the same thing because he probably could have. Yeah, she just backs into him, turns around and sees him pulling on his mask and then instead of, you know, just stomping her head into the floor or, you know, throwing her through a piece of glass or Well, because maybe whatever. he couldn't maybe he couldn't see because he had the bandages on and you really can't see. I'm assuming he had those off at that point. Okay, wait a minute. Now, how do you take those off? You just unwrap them. Yeah, but they're or probably Or you can get all wrapped... aggressive and just rip it all off. Yeah, but they're probably wrapped all tight and shit. Yeah. And his face probably still had to be all fucked up under there, I would guess. Yeah, right? it's fucking ten years. I mean, yeah, it's burned, but it's healed. What do you mean? He... How can it heal? Well, it's it's scar tissue, but it's not like oozing and... It's just, just a scar tissue. It's normal. So it's all fucked up, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically looks like Freddy in underneath. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, so that really... I was always wondering what he looked like under, you know... Well, according to part five, which we'll get to next week, he looks just fine, but... Yeah, I, I don't... Uh... <laughs> um... I, I don't understand that. Uh, that That is really one of the biggest plot holes for me is I guess it's just because everyone's there or is it because it's not Halloween yet? Well, no, it was Halloween. No, it is by Halloween. That point. Yeah, yeah, it is Halloween is. that day. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, I don't know. But, you know, they leave. We get the, the Michael kind of lurking in the store shot. And, of course, we're going to fast forward. She goes trick-or-treating with uh, the kids, um, yes. What the fuck, Rachel? And then Rachel. You know, that's all it. the kids that were making fun of her were like, "Oh, come with us! It's a cool costume." Right, 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 right. And uh, Rachel sees her boyfriend shacking up with the sheriff's daughter, which eh, she did kind of blow him off last. Fuck minute. off, Wade. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's totally un. You know, but I like that line. Still funny. I like that scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh can't say I. I mean. It's kind of a dumb move, but he's a fucking teenager. Yeah. And, eh, whatever, good on him. I mean, he could have had a normal date or he could have got some, so, mm. eh, like I said, good on him. Anyway, uh, they get separated now because, you know, teenage she drama. She runs off with the kid and then right, the right. kids and, and Rachel and Brady have to have it out. And Even though we, they don't really, she this. leaves and, you know. We skipped over this, man. Loomis shows up and talks to the new sheriff. Sheriff, sheriff Meeker. Meeker? Yeah, yeah, Meeker. And uh, this one actually takes his advice, completely flipping everything on his ear here. He he actually listens. Yeah. He invokes the curfew, asks businesses to shut down. I'm surprised. I mean, in all honesty, watching these kind of back-to-back, it, it's nice change to see this guy that's proactive. That's just like, well, if you say so... It is so. Right. Um, so, yeah, 
they get separated. The parents come and collect all the kids, but Jamie, because her parents are off at a business dinner on Halloween, whatever. And she's kind of wandering, and um, Rachel tries to find her, ends up running into Michael. And I just kind of wish this scene played out a little bit different, because we we kind of see him in the fog, mm-hmm. and he's walking towards her, and she just freaks out and runs. Yeah. How much better would it have been, Mike, if she's calling for Jamie, she sees the person in the fog, and she calls to him, is walking to him, and then we just get close enough to actually see that it's Michael because obviously we're interacting. Hey, have you seen this little girl? Blah, blah, blah. And once we see it's Michael, he can raise the knife, she can scream, and then we get the same run. Yeah. I think that would just play a little bit better. Instead of just getting a hint, oh shit, that looks like the guy that killed people 10 years ago and then bolting. Seems kind of out of the blue, out of character, just because he hasn't been established really to them yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I could agree with that. I think that that would play a little better. But, I mean, in my mind it still works just because, you know. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, they reconnect. The sheriff sees them. Him and Loomis kind of toss him into their car, and then they have a scare of multiple Michaels. Yes. Get get in the car, quick! Now, Mike, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard this proposed. Because as the kids run away, somebody yells, Ha! Huh, you thought it was me, huh, Sheriff? Mm-hmm. Is that Michael Myers? Is that oh. Michael saying, you thought they were me? You thought it was me, Sheriff? No, because I don't think his voice would sound like that. I'm just saying, we've just because we've never heard him talk doesn't mean he can't. Oh, no, I'm sure that he can, but, you know, after, you know, having his vocal cords burned and all that stuff, I... Eh, vocal cords would be just fine. You think so? Listen to Kane Hodder. But he, you're so wait. He had his vocal cords burned, is what you're saying? No, vocal. You would have to have fire go down your throat, which yes. you would die at that point. Right. Well, did you see Halloween too? Yeah. I'm sure that he had fire go down his throat. He would not be living, then, Michael. Okay. Well, believe me, <laughs> I don't think a normal person would be alive after that fire in Halloween 2. Which, you bring up something great that we have to discuss then. So, Michael's now supernatural in this one, you believe, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, I think that could go either way. He could either be supernatural or not. Um, I don't think that line's really been definitively laid out for us yet. Uh, I do kind of... I like to think that he is... Yeah. Um, just because that's who I always think of, Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love the supernatural killer. I I love Jason. You know, unstoppable killing machine. Uh, and I think Michael works better that way right. than, you know, the fragile guy. And then part one, he got poked and falls down. Mm-hmm. I think he works better where he's the supernatural character. Right. It's scarier. You can't stop him. Yeah. Um. But I think this one kind of plays it loose because 
you know, they take off in the car and he's just standing there. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the four that surrounded the cop car. It was just the other three were kids. Right. So. So why it, do you I, think he didn't attack the other kids or whatever at the car or try to make a move? Is that because, because you know, he's focused on Jamie. That's who he wants. He doesn't give a shit about the others. He okay. wants her. All right. Well, then case in point, why did he kill anybody else in the movie? Why did he kill the power station guy, Bucky? Um, See, that's this is another glaring pothole. Now, watching them in close succession, it, it seems like this is more of Michael's planning because he throws him onto uh, a breaker. Not a breaker. um I don't know what the fuck those things are called right now. I'm sure it'll come to me, but yeah, throws him onto him and uh, takes out the entire power. So if you watch him in close succession, you see in part two that he's sabotaging cars. He turns out the power in the hospital. Mm-hmm. This is just more of Michael planning. But if yeah. you just kind of turn off your brain and watch it, it's just somebody that crossed Michael and Michael kills them. So, okay. You can just say that, you know, Michael is just wandering, trying to get to them, runs across it, and this guy's there being an asshole, and Michael's just not going to put up with it. Whereas those kids were just playing a prank and ran off and didn't really fuck with Michael in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I could see that then. Understandable. So then, you know, everyone kind of holds up in the sheriff's house. I like this scene. This is a smart play. Yeah. You go to some place you can secure, you secure it, you call for backup, they do that, and then you just wait. Mm-hmm. It's it's the smartest thing to do, right? Uh, Michael's also smart because he goes to Jamie's house, finding the cop car there, and decides to hide in it. Smart, clever. the The deputy takes him to the sheriff's house where everyone is, mm-hmm. and he sneaks in while they're going back and while the deputy's going back and forth. So he's in the house the whole time they're barricading it. They barricade Michael in, right? And in fact, the, with this one, one of the things that I think is a little lacking is we don't get to see Michael stalking. We don't just get to see the little glimpses of him in the darkness. But here in the house, we do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I I appreciate that. Um, I think it's a little – it's too little. But I do like that, that one shot where the, the deputy setting there. We see him in the darkness behind him. Yeah. And then the deputy turns to look and he's just gone. Right. I like that. Yeah, um, was pretty. I do like that shot as well. Right, uh, Loomis fucks off to kill Michael, even though you know he's saying he doesn't think anyone can. Uh, the sheriff then leaves like five minutes later to stop the hillbillies that kind of Loomis has set on the town. Yeah, which I like again because this one, this one is almost playing off a lot of the beats of the original. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and the original, they were saying, shouldn't we, you know, do this and that? And no, 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 they'll see them everywhere. But in this one, you know, Michael's taken out the police station, killed everyone, or yes. we're led to believe it's Michael. Yeah. And, uh, Donald decides to tell the town, so there is reinforcements. There yeah. are people out there looking for him. Yeah. You son of a bitch, you just created a lynch mob. You haven't got a police force! These men may be the only defense you've got. Right. I think that's a good move on his part, in all honesty. Granted, they do kill an innocent man, but yep. still, it's, it's the smart move. Uh, 
Everyone's alone there. Michael starts picking them off. Uh... They're all pretty good kills. I, I like the replay of the the kill in the first one where he rams the shotgun through the girl, sticking her to the wall. Yep, that was enjoyable. I and think it. I, I think it fired off too, didn't it? No, no, he just rams her through the fucking wall. <laughs> oh, I thought I heard that as it fucking went through. Um, you know, we get the awesome chase where uh, Rachel takes Jamie up onto the roof. Yeah, the rooftop and they escape. I love it. That that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, Rachel falls off the second story roof. Yeah. Uh, Jamie gets away. Loomis takes her to the school, thinking, yes. you know, this is a place we can hide out. Michael follows him, and once again, to my point, he doesn't. He just wants her. Fucking throws Donald through a fucking glass door, which. I guess this is technically, you know, the return of Ben Tramer because it's the Bren- Ben Tramer blonde mask now. But yeah, but I forget I, why they said that that happened, and I think it was just something they forgot to go back and. Yeah, it was another. This was a rushed production. I mean, let's let's be blatantly honest. Well, there was they a had, writer's strike looming. Yeah, they had what a week to come up with this script, finalize it, be done, and then they had a tight turnaround the whole way around on this. Yeah, because I think they shot it in... Yeah, I think they fucking shot it like... uh, uh Damn, I want to say it was like the... I want to say they shot it in fucking 87. Part yeah, I, I, I want to say... It was either the fall of 87 or the spring of 88. Yeah, because I know whatever it, it was, they didn't have a a lot of time between the wrap of shooting and getting it in theaters. Right. And, um, so yeah, uh, they get away, the rednecks come to the rescue and decide, you know, fuck this, we're just getting out of town. Michael is able to pull a Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. He kind of hangs onto the truck and sneaks up and kills all the rednecks on the back. Yep. Rips the driver's fucking throat out shot like it did you know he was in don't go in the basement the truck driver earl really yeah the original don't go in the basement hmm i have to go back and rewatch that yes anyway um <laughs> i really like that movie don't know why anyway uh right here is where you can really tell they've kind of gone back and re-edited or edited this pretty heavily because i know that Watching it with Michael and her hitting him, you're not going to shift gears like that to stop. It's just footage they use because I believe she ran him over like four or five times. You think originally, so? and they they I I I've heard it. I believe it's in the special features, and they cut it down. I wonder why they and, cut it uh, down. I it might have just been MPAA or something that it was it was too much, That's but stupid. it was cut down. Um. And then uh, the cavalry shows up for some reason that I still don't know. Mike, do you know why all of a sudden uh, Meeker and the state troopers just show up? Uh, because she was, he had a call in to him, to them before he left 
to go after the fucking hill. Right, right, right. No, but that's why the state troopers went into Haddonfield. They passed them leaving Haddonfield. Right, but the, the and then Meeker shows right up. Right, like right the, afterwards. Right, because the truck the truck stopped with Earl on it before they left, and he talked to one of the troopers. And right, said they, they said go to a way station. There's cops there. You'll be fine. And then he goes off to Haddonfield too. Right, and they're just driving down the road, and Michael kills all of them. Just wondering how did Meeker and the rest of them know to find them? Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody had to have uh, connected with them in some way, shape, or form. Right. It's another just issue that this was a rush production. But they they shoot the shit out of Michael. He falls down a well. Right. Mine shaft. Mine shaft. I thought it was a well. Uh, we find out later it's a mine shaft. But. Right. Uh, and then we, we get the conclusion where little Jamie reenacts the original murder of Michael. She grabs the scissors, puts on the mask, and stabs her stepmother to death, maybe? Well, not really, but and I, then Dr. I thought Loomis she was dead. No! Decides he's going to shoot no! her. <laughs> no! No! No, I gotta tell you, the ending of that movie, I was very satisfied. I remember going out, leaving the theater that night when I saw it for the first time, and I was in love with that movie. Alright, so what, what's your final thoughts now? Uh, they still haven't changed. Uh, 30, um, 30 years later now, I still, uh, I still love it, and I will give it a 5. A five. Yeah. I would say a million out of a million again, but you say that's still five, so. Yeah, it it's, comes to the same. But um, uh, for myself, um, I, uh, I don't know. There's just something about this movie. Um, I really enjoy it. It, it. It's just one of those ones where you shut your mind off. And I know a lot of this is nostalgic because I've pointed out the plot holes in it, but it doesn't matter to me. You can point those out, and I know there are a ton of people that dislike this one, but I really enjoy it. It just reeks of fall, of Halloween. It embodies it to me. And it, it's such a product of its time of a late 80s slasher. I mean, the acting's good, the story's good. Well, the story's decent. Uh, the direction's actually pretty goddamn good in this, I think. Right. Um, yeah, there's plot issues and stuff like that, but it, it doesn't really take away from my enjoyment. Um, I, I, I still have a lot of fun with this one, and I know my grade even kind of reflects my nostalgia, but I gotta give it a 4 out of 5. Hmm. I still think it should have been higher, but, you know. That's not bad, Mike. That's not bad. I mean, originally I gave it a lower one, but sitting here talking about it, 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 what did you give it it originally? Three and a half. Three and a half. Still would have rounded up to a four, so it would have been acceptable. Yeah, we're on the same page. So, all right. Um, That is that. I hope everyone has enjoyed this so far. We've got the return of Michael, so... Let's see his revenge. Let's 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 be back for part five tomorrow.
Why now? You waited ten years. I knew this day would come. Don't go to Haddonfield. If you want another victim, take me. But leave those people in peace. Please. Michael. God damn you. <gasps> that was horrible. The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.